Welcome to Season 6 of the Let's Talk Data podcast series presented by SAP, where we explore game-changing technologies with leading experts. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the next edition of our Let's Talk Data podcast series, the podcast series where we talk about all things data-related within SAP. Um, Whatever platform you're listening on, I hope that you will subscribe to our platform so you can be notified of all of the new episodes uh, that we get. So today, we're pretty lucky. Our topic today is best ways to leverage data management services across the SAP business technology platform. You know, we all know that the SAP business technology platform is SAP's uh, platform for all the technology services that we offer. Here, we're gonna focus on data management services. So to do that, I really had to bring in the big guns today to be on the podcast. So I know you've heard Silvio before, Silvio Arcangeli. Did I say your last name right, Silvio? You did, yeah. Oh, Thanks, Ginger. Thanks for having I, me. I learned <laughs> that from a video you did with Timo where you were talking about our data management solutions. And uh, Silvio's been around SAP a long time. You've probably heard him on the podcast. There's another really good podcast as he's done, episode 38, Hybrid Data Management, Are You Ready? So Silvio is a guru on all of our data management topics from uh, go-to-market and product strategy. So Silvio, thank you for joining us today. We're glad that you're here. Always my pleasure. And we have another person on our podcast that you may not have heard before. Um, Axel is like the silent guru. So you may not have heard him before on our podcast. He hasn't been here before. He's been very involved in things like our data intelligence content sprint, working closely with partners. He's very product knowledgeable. So we're really lucky we have him today. Axel Schuler. Now, Axel, I've never said your last name before. Did I say that name correctly, Axel? That's very good. Thanks. Uh, thank <laughs> All right. So Axel is also in our data management area, in our solution management area, helping us figure out the best way to make sure the products meet the needs of our customers. So I want to thank you both very much for being here today. So we want to talk about our data management services across the SAP business technology platform. So I want to kind of take a step back and start by defining the SAP Business Technology Platform. So you guys, what I did is before the podcast started, I went to our sap.com site to bring in the official definition. And then we're gonna have Silvio and Axel uh, expand on this a little bit. So SAP's official definition is SAP Business Technology Platform or SAP BTP, which we'll normally refer to it as, brings together data management, analytics, artificial intelligence, application development, automation, and integration in one unified environment. So that's our official definition that you get from sap.com. So Silvia, why don't you explain that to me like I'm five? Help me really understand what that means, <laughs> don't mind. Yeah, so no, thanks, Ginger. So <clears throat> really, to, to, to keep it simple, it means that when uh, enterprises uh, want to leverage IT to implement business processes, to implement the way they operate and possibly to improve the way they operate, normally there's always also some 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 degree of, of customization, some degree of integration, some degree of extension that they need to implement around the applications involved. And of course, there's always also some degree of analytics, right, that you need. Uh, on top of those applications in order to steer the decisions in the best possible way. So 
All of these concerns, so extension, integration, analytics, involve uh, some technology to be able to properly operationalize all of those uh, IT systems in order to support the business scenario that you want to achieve, right? So uh, there are two possible ways of doing it. So, right, one is the is the uh, pure technology way, which is what most hyperscalers are uh, are proposing these days. So that approach is really uh, give you a bunch of tools and uh, that the, uh, excellent tools, and then you find out your way of how to uh, to make something with them that can be relevant to your business processes. Whereas SAP, of course, we have a different DNA and we went for a different way. So uh, we, we started with the business scenario uh, in mind. So we start with uh, a very, a very uh, uh, deep uh, landscape of business applications and we conceived uh, a set of, uh, of technology tools that are really thought for uh, streamlining and operationalizing those business applications in order to achieve uh, the results that uh, that enterprises need, right? So the idea is we don't build technologies just for the sake of technology because it's beautiful. We build a set of coherent and, and, and integrated technology tools which are meant to help exactly supporting those business applications use cases that I mentioned earlier, so solve all of, all of the concerns around how to extend your applications, how to integrate them, and how to deliver analytics uh, across your application. So the, the, the set of services is quite wide, So and, and there's a lot of technologies involved, but the key concept is pretty simple. You know, I really love that, how we don't develop technology just for technology's sake. We develop technology to push the business forward. I remember a long time ago, I've been with SAP a really long time. I was in a was in a big town hall and somebody was asking me, why aren't we investing in something? It was some little niche technology that was, you know, this was 10 years ago. I don't remember what it was. Hmm. And the speaker, he was so good. He's like, you know, we're we have to build technology that's going to scale across all countries across all business processes across the world. I mean, we have customers that make bombs. We have customers that that process financial transactions, right? We have customers that that build, you know, children's toys. You know, we have customers that process oil. I mean, we have customers that do everything. You know, our customers do things that really make the world run. So we can't we have to make sure the technology we develop serves the end of the business, right? We can't do it just because it's the coolest thing on the market. Yeah. Yeah, if that coolness can scale globally, if that coolness can manage complex transactions, great. But I love that, Silvio. That's good. Um, Axel, what do you have to add to that? I know you were talking about some other things earlier when we were before we started recording. What What do you have to add to? Silvio's yeah, it was an, uh, was a really excellent overview over the the business aspects of the platform, but it also has technology in the name for a reason. Um, so it. It actually means we can also integrate, um, or if you look at it from a technical perspective, right? So you can integrate on a data level, connect to various databases or data lakes and things like that. And you can um, connect on an application layer. Um, it also allows you to extend the application if you find that it doesn't offer the specific uh, functionality that you need and um, you can build on what we have already. You may know this concept a little bit from the ABAP side where we have these classical ABAP extensions. Now in the 
business technology platform, we have something similar, only with more capabilities that allows you to extend these applications outside of the application as well. Yeah. Because while we'd love for everybody to have only SAP, that's not the case, right? So, Axel, I love the point yes. that you're making that SAP plus, right? The business technology helps you bring in that plus, helps you Absolutely. integrate to that plus, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, I think you all have done a great job of kind of discussing that. So, we said it brings together the official data management analytics, AI, application development, automation, extension, all that stuff. So today we want to narrow our discussion to really focus on these data management services that really are focused around uh, data cataloging. That's what we want to talk about today. Data integration, that's another one we want to talk about, and data processing. So in this podcast, we really want to focus on what these three services are, how they work, and then later we'll get into use cases of how they're used across uh, the BTP. So data cataloging, data integration, and data processing. So Silvio, let's start with you. What do we offer with SAP BTP for data cataloging? What are we doing in that area? Yeah, so first of all, why do we offer it well, also? That's, so, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> right. that's more important, thank you. That should have been the question <laughs> I asked. <laughs> Because I mean, data cataloging is, is in my in my opinion, is is probably one of the most underestimated uh, uh, needs in, in terms of uh, of delivering proper intelligence and analytics across business applications uh, and and business landscapes. Because the first requirement really that, that you need to fulfill, uh, if you want to make some sense of your data in order to better steer your business, is that you need to know what data you have available and you need to know its meaning and you need to understand whether or not it's reliable. And uh, and even if not all of the organizations realize that, the reality is that in current landscapes, there's nobody in, in, in any uh, large enterprise, but even in small enterprise sometimes, there's nobody who can be knowledgeable about all of the data that is available because it, that's just too much of it, right? So that's the that's the problem. And and uh, knowing all of the data models was something that probably was uh, was still uh, was still viable like 15 years ago when when landscapes were much smaller and more controlled. There were typically a few people in the in the organization that were the data gurus, but uh, nowadays. That approach based on having a few data gurus that are able to translate a business KPI to, to a bunch of tables, it doesn't scale anymore. So you cannot rely on people to be knowledgeable about each and every data model and each and every data asset. So that is why if you want to enable getting some more value out of the data, the very first requirement is that first of all, you need to understand what data can I use right in uh, in my context in my landscape and and then once you understood that you need to understand is that data reliable enough so what's the quality of that data uh, how much inconsistencies do I have uh, how much dubious data do I have within uh, the data assets so that is why the concept of discovering the data and democratizing access to to knowing what data I have available is really a key enabler to start. Uh, approaching data-driven projects and extracting more value out of the data. So data catalog is, is and should be a starting point uh, of every of every business improvement project is, in these days. 
going back to your question, of course, so this is this is, uh, uh, I hope, a fair explanation of why we need to to uh, to to care about a, a data catalog. In SAP, we have built uh, a data catalog within our cloud platform in uh, in a service that is called SAP Data Intelligence Cloud. So that service includes also a full-blown data cataloging capability that is able of discovering the data, of profiling it, of uh, classifying it, and uh, uh, enforcing data quality rules and monitoring the data quality overall. So, uh, which are all of the major concerns that you should solve before starting to do something <laughs> with that data in terms of uh, extracting analytics and extracting intelligence. We have a um, a study that's going to be released that we did with a, a research firm, and I can't really discuss it yet because it's not out. But one of the things you said, Silvio, made me think of it. When we looked, we were they were talking to, to companies and figuring out what some of their top issues were, you know, related to data. It was all around quality, uh, visibility, and accessibility, which data catalog can definitely address, just knowing what my data is, where it is, and putting some type of quality around it. It's amazing, you know, quality is still a number one issue, right, when it comes to knowing that you can trust the data when you're looking at that analytic report, right? Yeah. And I guess data, so I guess when we talk about data cataloging, we're bringing together data cataloging, metadata management, data discovery, bringing in some data quality all within that. Is that right? Would you say that's true or not? It is, it is. So the the uh, the, the idea is really to, to as I said, to democratize access to mm -hmm. those aspects because those, those uh, more technical data architects that perhaps can go straight at the database and, and to have an understanding at least of some of the data models involved, maybe they, they, they have ways of, of checking, right? So uh, uh, the quality of the data uh, by some custom queries or things like that. But reality is that if you want to enable, for example, um, a data engineer or a, or a, or a, or a data scientist or, or even just um, a citizen user that wants to just do some analytics, if you want to enable these people to be effective on top of the data, you need to allow them to understand the data in a way that has to be agnostic from the underlying source. So, uh, so that you can allow a wider audience, right, of people with different levels of, of skills also to access all the data they need and to and to start uh, deriving insights from 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 that data. That's that's really the key, uh, the key meaning of a, of a catalog. So making uh, access of to the data as democratic as possible and as easy as possible to uh, to different stakeholders with different backgrounds and uh, different skills and, and 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 different knowledge of uh, of uh, various technology tools okay good so axel once we have our data catalog our uh, and we have our data discovery and we have quality on it then of course we have to data integration is another big service we have so tell us what we what do we mean by our data integration services uh, across the BTP? You know, why do we have them and kind of what can they do? Yeah, there are different aspects to it. So one is really, um, you need to be able to access the data first, right? So Sylvia talked about already the higher level services, cataloging, metadata management, data discovery, but in order to be able to, to use these features, you need first to be able to, to access the data. We also have data lineage, so you can see where's the data coming from and where it is going. 
which is um, very important to, if you want to have an overview of what's going on in your application. Now, if we're talking about the actual data integration, first we have data access, so we have we can connect to various data sources. I mean, these are classical databases like uh, SQL Server or uh, DB2 or HANA. Um, we can access uh, various data lakes, or the big ones, of course, um, Azure Data Lake, Google Cloud Storage, S3. So we have a lot of them, so I don't want to mention all of them. Um, what's interesting is we can also access data on or manage data on a higher level by using um, existing toolings that we have like data services. So you can connect to data services and use a predefined job that's running there. So you can use them in the context of data intelligence as well. And you can also connect to smart data integration and do the very same thing. Excuse me? I was going to ask you, our data integration capabilities, is, is does it span what kinds of data does it span? It's more than just structured data, right? So we yeah, can have data integration right. with streaming it's, data or yeah, it's, it's, that. it's good that you mentioned it. Yes, so we can access uh, structured and unstructured data, the structured data with all these uh, classical databases, or we also have access to, let's say, to Kafka, uh, where you want can have data streaming. We can also connect to another um, classical SAP tool, the uh, System Landscape Transformation, the SLT and use it to, to bring data in or to send data out. It would be also real-time streaming capable. Now, once you have access to all these data sources, you can also do something with it. So you can you, you have a so-called modeler in data intelligence. Once you connect to the data sources, then uh, you can use them in pipelines, so-called pipelines where the data is read, then you can add a so-called operator um, where you can do something with the data, um, you can transform it or filter it or whatever you want to do with it. And um, let's say if you're not happy with what we have to offer to you, in, um, or you don't find everything predefined, you can also create your own custom operators. It's a pretty open concept. What is a custom operator? It's essentially a representation of a Docker container. So you can imagine uh, it can be pretty much anything in there. So um, it's a very flexible concept. You can pretty much get anything done if you really want to and um, extend the pre-delivered functionality. So from a data integration perspective, then I have these connections, whether it be to like databases, structured data, yes. SAP things like HANA Cloud, uh, you know, data lakes. And then I have these Kafka connections to connect to streaming, and then I can build my own operators on top. So let's take this core of this with data integration. I can basically connect between the SAP apps and then, of course, the non-SAP apps where we talked about the BTP earlier, Axel, right? You can extend yes. and go beyond, right? So then, Silvio, how do I take this data integration connectivity and plumbing ways that we can do stuff and then do our data processing on top of that, right? So we're talking about data cataloging, data integration, and processing. So let's talk a little bit about the difference between data processing and data integration. 
And then let's yeah. talk about what data processing enables us to do. So could you kind of build on what Axel gave a great thing of like these building blocks that we have, right? How do we kind yeah, of- exactly. So okay. data processing is really the new building block, right? Because uh, if you think of uh, traditional analytics that were built on, on just an enterprise data warehouse where you were adding some BI visualization tool on top, uh, there was not much processing that you were doing in the middle, but in these days, we know that there are more advanced ways of deriving uh, insights out of data, so uh, uh, involving algorithms that can, that can have very different degrees of complexity, right? So we go from uh, from relatively simple, so-called shallow learning algorithms like, I don't know, clustering or, or uh, predictive analytics, uh, kinds of examples like that, to full-blown machine learning where uh, you do feature extraction and and and, and you and, and you do um, uh, let's say more advanced approaches to uh, deriving insights out of uh, certain data assets so in order to uh, enable let's say all of these new approaches to uh, deriving insights uh, out of data reality is that you need to also be able to uh, juggle between several different technologies so uh, all of the data scientists that work in this space know how lively this uh, this whole space is in terms of ecosystem of different libraries, of different tools, of different engines. So there's a, a, a very wide uh, variability also in terms of, uh, of skills, right? Because uh, depending on who is, uh, is approaching a certain problem, he or she would probably like to reuse uh, uh, a library or a, or a language or a, or a tool uh, just because uh, it's something that that it's part of the knowledge back right so uh, and 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 the skill sets so uh, this is a new kind of requirement as i said because in order to uh, to foster this kind of analytics ecosystem within an enterprise in these days we also need to think of how do we enable all of those uh, stakeholders that are coming out of a university that are coming from uh, different experiences to apply their knowledge and their toolkits and uh, their libraries to uh, to our enterprise data, right? So we need to open up the data and open up the data to possibly orchestrating uh, different processing engines. So different languages, different technologies and, and so on. So uh, that's why we established data processing as one of the pillars that in our view are significant because once you discover the data, once you integrate the data to make it available for analytics, then the third step is how do you allow all of those new people jumping in the organization to apply their own knowledge and their own toolkits on that data, right? So, and and for this, you need to have a very open-minded and very open uh, technology approach, allowing to possibly mix and match several different open source engines, reusing anything that we can possibly reuse, right? So. Because our our overall objective is 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 not to uh, lock uh, an SAP customer into using just our own proprietary tools. Our overall object objective is always to enable our customers to make as much value and as much money as they possibly can uh, using our data. That's the uh, that's the whole point. So yeah. that's why processing is so important. 
Yeah, so we can take the the components that we have and enable people that, especially you know, uh, graduates, people coming into the workforce to bring in their knowledge and their tools to be able to use those with our data to make sure it's open. I really love that. Yeah, actually, yeah, exactly. So, for for example, yeah. mixing you know mixing some some use cases where you might want to reuse. Uh, HANAPAL and APL, which are two examples of libraries that are proprietary to SAP and very optimized to run within HANA. Uh, but maybe in the very same use case, you also want to uh, to reuse some Python library mm -hmm. taken from the open source stack because you have already developed that and because uh, it does things that are not uh, are not even supported in the in the SAP engine and uh, and it's a perfect complement, right? So it, and it's a very valid use case. So we want to streamline that kind of orchestration between SAP and non-SAP, reusing open source as much as we can. Yeah. Okay. And I'm glad you mentioned that use case because I want us to pivot and take the last few minutes and really talk about. So you just mentioned a use case where we maybe want to combine uh, Hana or what's a predictive. Analytic library, what's it called? What's HANA PAL? What does PAL stand for? Predictive, yeah, predictive analytics library. library. Exactly. Maybe with some Python. Yeah, so that makes sense. And we have several other very practical use cases that we use with our data management services. And Axel, I know data migration is one that's close to your heart, right? Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Would be a use case where you can use some of these data services? Yes, so uh, data migration, of course, very important because uh, if you want to get started, you, you typically don't start from scratch, but you already have uh, existing applications, existing data, and somehow you need to bring this to the BTP. Right. So here we have um, various options, but you know one important one that covers various use cases is um, sub-advanced um, data migration, ADM by Cinity that allows you to migrate various products or the data from various products to the um, business technology platform like S4. And it covers the whole aspect of data migration. Right? So it's not just you move data from A to B, but once you do it, you probably want to also or may want to consolidate. Right? Maybe you have several systems that you want to consolidate in one. Um, that's what you can do then, and um, maybe you want to make sure that the data that you migrate is really high quality data. So while you migrate it, you can also take care of the data quality stuff. So um, since you anyway have to think about what you want to migrate and how you want to migrate it, then you anyway think about, you know, more in detail about your data and then you can also define steps to make sure that you have consistent data and um, that the quality of the data is right. So in the most simple case you could simply say okay let's see for this uh, purchase orders or so um, do we have all the information in there that we expect to be there you know do we have the date do we have the the name of the person or the company who who made it and so on. And if you find that a lot of this um, data, let's say the date is empty, then you can make sure um, that it is handled properly. So, yeah. um, it, so you can do various steps at once. Yeah. 
And what's nice about that is these uh, BTP data services, they're not used just by us. They're used by our partners. For example, you mentioned Synity. And Synity is yes. actually in another podcast. We have episode 39, Best Practices oh, for Your Journey to the Intelligent Enterprise. And what's nice about that uh, podcast, episode 39, we actually highlight uh, three partners, uh, Synity, Tricentis, and OpenText that are all uh, building additional solutions on top of the BTP. So let's just talk about a couple of more uh, before we close it out today. Another data management use case, of course, would be like loading data. Uh, we talked about migration, but then, I mean, Sylvia, talk for a minute a bit about how our data, my, our data services would work with our cloud data warehouse, or data warehouse cloud. I want to give it the right name. Yeah, exactly. It's a data <laughs> warehouse cloud. Yeah. So, no, that's a, that, that, that's a great point, Ginger, because in the past, uh, if we look at how we were doing things on premise, uh, we were often creating specialized uh, tools for each single product. So, if you had to integrate data into HANA, you were using a certain tool. If you had to integrate data to another third party uh, tool, you were using a, a separate specialized tool. In the cloud, we decided to go for a different approach and we wanted to unify as much as possible our platform and our solution. So uh, the same set of services that you can use for integrating data towards any kind of cloud object store, hyperscaler storage, and so on, it's also uh, the same services that we, that we provide to our customers when they want to ingest data into SAP Data Warehouse Cloud. So that's why we talk about unification. So. Uh, uh, the 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 data intelligence engine, in other words, is, is is used in both cases. It's just that for the WC, we have also implemented a simplified UI that is embedded straight into the warehouse cloud to make to make life easier, basically, to to every data warehouse cloud um, uh, customer and to and to allow most of all every data warehouse cloud customer to be able to ingest data into their data warehouse without having to pay an additional service, right? So the, the, there's also a commercial kind of synergy in, in, reusing, uh, in reusing our own tool. But in general, in terms of strategy and vision, you can expect that in the future, this kind of synergy and integration between our data management services and our data warehouse will improve even further. So, of course, whenever I, I say any roadmap statement, the usual roadmap disclaimer always applies, right? So things can change. But uh, at the at the current stage, our view is that we want to further invest in in integrating those tools together, and uh, and for example, by having a, a more pre-built integration on the catalog uh, and by having uh, a better reuse of, uh, of the integration features across both sides. Uh, so not just reusing the code in an embedded way uh, as we've done so far. So stay tuned because there will be more and more synergies that will come uh, in, the, in the next quarters. Yeah, and I think we have you down for another podcast in the future to really talk about our strategy and updates. And as we take these... Uh, Data we'll we'll dig more into it, yeah. <laughs> okay. And then just uh, one other one here, uh, another way these data management services, of course, everybody wants to integrate with S4 and non-SAP Axel. I mean, non-SAP, comma, Axel, would you talk a little bit about the integration with S4 and non-SAP, how these services can be used? Sure, so I, I talked a bit about this before, uh, where I mentioned that we are able to connect to these various uh, data sources. And uh, among them is, of course, also S4. Um, so to connect to S4, we can do it in different ways. So we can um, 
uh, access the tables, we can access static views, we can access CDS views. Um, and based on that, we are able then to, to integrate with S4. Now, what's the in interesting part is really, if you look at the big picture, because usually you, you don't want to do this in a big bang, or often you don't do this in a big bang, but more in a step-by-step -step approach. So you may have an S4 system and you say, okay, I want to keep this running for the time being and already start to, to do uh, integration uh, with S4 in the cloud. And so you can connect to it and get some of the data over into the cloud and work with it and while you keep your system running as it is right now. And you can, by, by this, you can have a, a very nice hybrid scenario. Um, so you can either move parts of the data or you can virtualize it and see um, or use the data where it is without even moving it. And this can go then all the way up to, to the analytics layer. So you can have an end-to-end -end, uh, integration of your data from where it is on your on-premise location to your cloud, and then in the end to the analytics cloud layer, where you can have then an end-to-end -end view of your whole business without having to move it all at once. So this can stay like this for an extended period of time, or you say you have a clear path going to the cloud where, um, where over time you migrate the data over um, by using this kind of integration. But the, the other thing we can do, Axel, with integration is we can have ongoing integrations with S4, Absolutely. like S4 to non-SAP. So if I have non-SAP systems I'm going to cover, and I'm, you know, and I'm, I'm live in S4, I'm going to have to continue to integrate these, right? And we can support all that through the BTP, is that correct? It can be very complex, right? So you can cover all sorts of scenarios. So you can keep your stuff as it is and integrate and have other products working based on your S4 backends, or you can have a hybrid scenario where you have several S4 systems working in parallel with sharing some of the data. Um, in some cases, you may move the, or replicate the data. In others, um, you may prefer to have a, a virtualized data where you have a live view. Um, only in that case, you are limited to, uh, let's say, uh, a lower amount of data because you, you don't always want to wait uh, for hours until you have access to a large data set just because you don't want to replicate it. Right? So in this case, you have to think what makes sense. So if, if you're only talking about a smaller kind of data set, then um, you can leave it where it is. In other cases, you may want or have to replicate the data. Mm -hmm. But this can be um, a constant um, situation where you operate like this. Um, the other option is what I talked before is then to actually migrate the data. This would be more of a big bang transition. So you decide to, to, to make the big step and migrate the, all of the data and then you proceed in the cloud. Okay. And we just have a couple minutes left. So Silvio, I want you to talk just for a couple of minutes on hybrid landscape integration, right? Because we know that Really, I don't know that we have hardly any customers that are 100% in the cloud, right? Everyone has some something on-premise and something in the cloud. 
there's a great video that we recorded with Timo Elliott, by the way, on uh, on this topic, and and I think it's a crucial topic in these days because uh, uh, we know that each and every enterprise, each and every organization out there in the world is moving to the cloud at different paces, perhaps, uh, or right, or or with different approaches, but the, the move is is uh, is happening and and it's not reversible. So. And it's also uh, allowing a big degree of flexibility in terms of the functional agility that you gain by moving to the cloud. But then what happens to your analytics stack once parts of the data is in the cloud and part of the data is still very likely on-premise, right? So how can you ensure end-to-end -end analytics and, and, and how can you make sure to move to the cloud avoiding that kind of big, big bang approaches that, that also Axel was mentioning earlier? So... Uh, I think that a key point is being able to reuse as much as possible what you have implemented on-premise until at least uh, those on-premise, uh, so for all the time where those on-premise things are still relevant, right? So that's that's a, that's a key requirement. And at SAP, we have very solid on-premise tools that are still heavily used by thousands of customers worldwide. So we wanted to make sure that those customers can start implementing applications in the cloud and implementing end-to-end -end analytics across cloud and on-premise, while at the same time reusing all of the on-premise landscape for everything where it's still worth it's, it's still it's still worth it, right? So uh, that, that's the that's the idea. Move to the cloud gradually at your own pace without throwing away anything that you've done on-premise, without throwing away the money you've spent on your premise tools, without throwing away the years of development you spent on the on-premise tools. So uh, move to the cloud and innovate, but at your own pace and do it gradually without any rip and replace. That's, that's the idea. And we achieved it by having uh, a seamless integration uh, between our cloud data management services and our existing on-premise tools like SAP Data Services, SAP Information Steward, SAP BW, SAP HANA, uh, SAP uh, Landscape Transformation Replication Service, and, and all of those on-premise tools that are still heavily used by a lot of customers. Yeah. You know, my dad always said, don't fix it if it's not broke. Right, so exactly, if you have yeah. on-premise things, very that good philosophy. yeah, there's no value in moving them to the cloud. Leave them on-premise, and we'll integrate them to the cloud. Right, don't fix it if it's not broke. You have really have to start with where your business value is going to come from. Yeah. All right. Well, I think if you want, I think that's about a, a final wrap for us. Unless you guys have anything else you want to say, uh, give you a minute to think about that. Because if you want to learn more, you can go to sap.com forward slash data management. You can go to community.sap.com and we'll put the link to the uh, video that um, Silvio mentioned in our show notes. Do y'all have anything else in final to say? I think we've made our, our major points. We wanted to talk about our data management services and BTP. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of the customers really agree with your dad. Yeah, don't <laughs> fix it if it's not broke. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Why well, move it to the cloud if it's not going to help my revenue yeah. at the end of the day? <laughs> All right. Well, Silvio, Axel, thank you guys so much for joining. And please join us on our next episode of our Let's Talk Data podcast series. Go out and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Thank you all so much. Goodbye for now. Thank you. Thank you, Ginger. Thanks. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Use the links in the show notes to learn more. If this topic is of interest to you, then you might enjoy episode 38, Hybrid Data Management, Are You Ready? And episode 39, Best Practices for Your Journey to the Intelligent Enterprise.
we look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the let's talk data podcast.